the topics discussed in this episode contain sensitive and potentially distressing subject matter. This episode delves into the realities of suicide and self-harm, aiming to foster awareness, understanding, and empathy for those who may be experiencing these challenges. If you or someone you know is currently experiencing thoughts of suicide or self-harm, we urge you to take this warning seriously and prioritize your well-being. It is crucial to remember that you are not alone and help is available. If you need immediate assistance or are in a crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. It is free, confidential, and available 24-7. Welcome back to the Grace and Grit podcast, where we talk about how this thing called life requires both grace and grit. I am your co-host, Artrice Lene. And I am Marche. And we're just going to hop right into it. Um, But first, let's do like a feelings check-in, an emotional check-in. How are you really feeling, Marche? Um, What's going on today? Today? Today. I'm feeling okay. Like, I'm feeling feeling good today. Um, I'm feeling relaxed today. So, like, yeah, it's a good day. It's like, I'm, I'm well. It is well in my soul. How are <laughs> you feeling today? Fresh wind blowing this room. <laughs> Truly. Um, deep exhale. I am, I've had better days, um, but I am, I am, I, I recognize that I will be okay this this moment i kind of feel like this season that i'm currently in right now is really Mm -hmm. trying and so i'm just today was a whirlwind of emotions for multiple reasons um and today was one of those days where i realized like oh this is adulting for real like this is the thing (laughs) my parents have been doing for so long. This is the thing they warned us about. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. It's not it's not all fun and games. Oh, okay. So, um today, yeah, today was the day my parents warned me about <laughs> in becoming an adult. And I think that I am um being honest because we were honest on this podcast yes we um are. you know grieving still still coming out of a grieving process and i don't even think coming out of is the correct terminology but that's all i can really come up with right now on the spot but i think still grieving for sure for multiple reasons grieving um, people that I lost, grieving, relationships that I lost, grieving, ideas that I have lost, yeah. like just, mm-hmm. it's a heavy, it's a heavy season of grieving for me. And so I'm trying to just take it each day, take it each moment and recognize even in the moments that I'm not okay, that I will be okay again. Um, but there's also something really that I find really, really hopeful about this grieving season, even though there's a lot of loss. There is something really hopeful about understanding how God moves and understanding that like if I'm if I'm this low right now, then all I all I can do is go up. So I'm hopeful. Um or that will take place. So that's how I'm feeling and I'm just Taking a moment by moment. Yeah, this one right here got to be a little bit more graceful with herself. But she's learning. Speaking of, I have a question for you. Like, what lesson took you the longest to unlearn? Uh, I think I'm still unlearning stuff. Honestly, I think I'm still unlearning um I'm unlearning that I don't have to be the strong friend. <laughs> I wish we had like an applaud sound. You know, with handcuffs. <laughs> we can't, we can't add it. <laughs> but I, I think that's the biggest 
thing that I'm unlearning. And I, not to fault my parents and the way that they raised me, but I think that my mom is a very, very, very strong woman. And so having to, watching her and watching her show up and support her friends, her family, I took that to kind of mean like, well, this is the epitome and this is the example of being that strong friend, of being that strong person for your family. Woman is like what you're supposed to do, being a strong friend, eventually becoming a strong wife, being a strong mother, like that is everything that I've known my mom to be. And I just kind of, you know, I took her personality, I would say, and like tweaked it. And so I, I'm unlearning that, okay, well, who shows up for the strong friend? Like who shows up for the strong mom? Who shows up for the strong wife? Who shows up for the the strong person in your life? Um, I'm unlearning that because I can't carry this by myself, nor should I have to. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm kind of unlearning. And it's a weird process to go through. Like, I would say the unlearning is, is more grit than it is grace, honestly. Like, the unlearning is gritty. It's so gritty. It's gritty. It's gritty. I'm dying. What um, about you? I'm trying to think, honestly. Oh, I think I had to unlearn the act of making my family and friends proud versus just making myself proud. Like everything I did, the motivation was basically just like, you know, I'm doing this for my mom. Like I'm doing this for my dad. I'm doing this for my family. But I had to like unlearn that like. If I don't make them proud, I have to make myself proud. And to me, that was the hardest thing to unlearn because I was once living off just my parents, my loved ones being that person to make them happy. I guess you can just say making people happy. I had to unlearn that. Because being a people pleaser. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Then, And I know that might be so hard to believe. When should I really get to know me in this podcast? I was like, how was this girl a people pleaser? <laughs> but it was. I was like yeah. that. But it took me a long time to unlearn because when I was pleasing them, I wasn't happy. Right. And I refused. I refused. I refused. <laughs> to deny myself. So, yeah. to me, that was the hardest thing to unlearn. Yeah. And... I I mean, I think that's one of the things that as you just get older, you unlearn, you adopt so many things as a child, like being a child, you really are a sponge. So you absorb Absolutely. your entire environment, good or bad. And as you become an adult, you recognize, oh, this isn't actually healthy or sustainable or effective right. <laughs> at all. Right. And no one tells you or i feel like at least for me it wasn't until i was in therapy a little bit older that i recognized how how unlearning i don't necessarily nobody can give you the tools on how to unlearn things like people can really people teach you every single day through their mm -hmm. life and through their expressions and through their actions but no one really ever teaches you how to unlearn something it's just something you have to put into practice and for me unlearning how to be the strong friend I kind of felt like the only way I could put that into practice was being selfish and I just that scared me because I was like wait what I gotta I have to put me first like but what if what about them what about xyz what about you know this person over here what about my friends what about family what about work what about all of these other entities things people places and I was sacrificing myself in the process every single time. Still am at times, unfortunately. Um, 
but no one tells you how to unlearn. Like, I don't think there's a rule book on how to unlearn things. And I'm saying that, and there's probably a self-help book called How to Unlearn. And, (laughs) but I haven't read it yet, but I just, I think unlearning is really, really gritty that people don't, people don't talk about that process. They always talk about like the healing journey and it's so glorious. And it's like, healing also requires unlearning and that is not fun all the time. I feel like, (laughs) I feel like the, I feel like physically unlearning something like it's easy. Well, maybe not easy, but it's for me, it was the emotion. Yeah. Like my emotions on learning something. Mm-hmm. And it was gutting me like a fish. It got really, really gritty for me, queen. It got extremely gritty because I felt horrible, but I wasn't doing anything wrong. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like I wasn't doing my best still. I just, the perspectives changed. Yeah. And emotionally that kind of, it got gritty. <laughs> got yeah, greedy. Yeah, but I really had to give myself grace to grace and grit, praise God, if you will. Listen. So, yeah. I'm with you when you're right, Queen. Were you, was there ever a moment where, like, your unlearning process, where, like, you, you thought, like, oh, I thought I already unlearned that? Like, you kind of had to double back a little bit? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. If I'm being honest with you, if I'm being honest, be honest. Last week. <laughs> Listen. Last week, talk I'm about saying, it. Oh, no. Yeah. Baby girl, you conquered that. Why are we back? Why are we back? Yeah. yeah. Why are we back? And I had to, you know, really sit, sit in that. Mm hmm. And mm-hmm. be like, wait, no. I, I haven't learned this. I'm not going to pick up this habit again and yeah. keep doing it. So, also, yeah, because it becomes. I've had to double back a couple of times mm. and, and if anything, like it's, which kind of goes into my next question of like, what, what would you call this chapter of your life? This chapter of my life right now is boundaries. And that's what I'm also having to like unlearn, but also enforce at the same time, like unlearn unhealthy boundaries and enforce healthy boundaries. It is very I've had to double back twice today. (laughs) I've had to, I had to spin the block today twice (laughs) to enforce my boundaries because it is so, it is, it's once again, it's one of those things that nobody ever tells you how to unlearn something. And now you look up, you blink your eyes a couple of times and now you're an adult and now you have to figure it out for yourself and make the decision on your own and do it in a way that preserves you, do it in a way that honors who you are and what you need, but also do it in a way where you don't, at least for me, where I don't feel like I am sacrificing my healthy relationships Mm -hmm. or my my healthy boundaries like really doing it in a way where it's like okay i recognize i don't like this thing about me i'm trying to combat it with the good thing that i want to replace it with but i don't want people to assume or or think that i don't care about them because i'm now enforcing this boundary like it's the really it's a really tricky territory that i'm not that i have not fully learned and i will probably forever be learning simply because I care. I'm a person that genuinely cares. Boundaries is something that you will forever be learning because there'll always be somebody new or something new in your life. Yeah. That's coming in and you have to set that boundary. So, I mean, yeah, I'm with you on that one, sister. Um, (laughs) I'm creating boundaries and then like two. I'm so sorry. Something just got in my eye, but I'm creating boundaries and also to kind of lowering them for certain people because Mm-hmm. I've had this wall up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was like, I'm not gonna talk. Like, I don't, I don't want any new friends. You know what I'm saying? I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to do anything new in my life. I'm too old, or you know, mm-hmm. I'm already settled here. Like, I had to release those boundaries. But then there were people who I had to boop, 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 build those boundaries build. and put the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but do you also think that goes into like? your expectations of people because I learned I have high expectations of people and that is where I got messed up every time 
that is where I failed. That is where I fumbled the ball. Like every single time. And I feel like nobody is dealing with this but me. And I'm like, so all of y'all just out here not expecting people to do stuff? Like. I do you like I do you. Because <laughs> I thought you could take it. <laughs> exactly. No, truly. I, I, I have expectations of people. Especially friendships. I'll say this. I have expectations of friendships. Um, family, it kind of depends on the person. <laughs> it depends on my relationship with them. But friendships, I take really, really seriously. I don't I don't call it a joke or just a fun thing to be like, oh, they're my friend. Like, I, if I'm calling you my friend, you can probably ensure that I will, if you have a child, if you get married, if you have a divorce party, I'm going to be there to support you. And... I recognize that like, I don't necessarily, the expectations I put on certain people, Mm -hmm. they were not willing to necessarily meet those expectations or what I'm also learning through therapy, they didn't have the capacity to. Capacity is the word that has been floating around my head for like weeks now. Mm -hmm. And it's annoying because like... On one hand, I want to offer you grace and be like, yes, I want to give you grace. On the other hand, you should have the capacity. Like, I just don't know what to tell you. You're grown. You're grown. I think for me, like, I had to learn. And I know you had asked, like, what would this season of your life be? Um, It will be intentional for me. Like, everything I'm doing. Everything I'm doing is intentional. Um, every relationship that I have, it's intentional, um, and it's meaningful too, but when it really comes down to it, I had to learn that all my friendships, any relationship that I'm in, it's not a mirror of me, right? Cause a lot of time I was looking for me and Ooh, my, that's good. And my, like in my friendships and my, like, this is what I'm doing for you. Like, yeah. you know. I'm not saying that this is what you have to do for me, but like deep down inside, I'm like, hmm. It's what you're expecting them to. It's what, yeah, it's what I'm, ex- like, it's what I'm expecting. Even with family, you know, sometimes family, friends, coworkers, whatever, whoever I'm like close to, I was looking for a reflection of me inside of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when they weren't offering that to me, I, I got frustrated. Yeah. And then too, I had to learn that some friendships have reciprocity some friendships are just or relationships are just you giving like you know that song that's roaming on tiktok let me be an offering yep let me be an offering like you know i'm just yeah constantly giving and it got frustrating sometimes still 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 to this day to this day to this day to this day (laughs) no for real we understand. We get it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's like that. And it's it's hard for people like me and you because we love big and we love hard. Yeah. And we give, we'll give, like, I'll give you the shirt off my back. You know, and yeah. that's just like you. So, like, me yeah. and our trees, we kind of mirror each other. But, like, every relationship yeah. or everybody that we're connected to doesn't offer the same. And that doesn't mean, like, they love me any less. Right. Or, you know no love is lost but i had to really learn that because i'm like uh-uh when yeah. you call me at three o'clock in the morning i got up <laughs> let's see i call you at 10 o'clock yeah and you uh, can't come get me yeah. from the gas station while i rode aside assistance you know it's just like those simple things like my tire yeah. flat <laughs> you can't come <laughs> like, help me somebody help <laughs> exactly on star somebody they don't please. have the capacity they don't have the capacity like you said to yeah. be that person that i am or that we are yeah for another and i and i've i'm just now learning about the capacity part because i think for so long i associated it or attached it to the understanding that like well, this is how I was raised. I'm like, I gr- granted, I know everybody wasn't raised the same way, yeah. but we're adults now. You should, and, and I think that it it depends on the situation, which is why my default setting is offering grace. Genuinely, it is like my 
you know me, I will, people could borderline cuss me out and I'd be like, but they had a really, really tough day. And you'd be ready to be like, no, Artrice, they were just disrespectful. (laughs) No, that's you. That is so you. My my default setting is grace because I recognize the way that my parents have raised me is that you don't know what they are going home to. You don't know what battle they had to fight today. And they might not have the the capacity to fight this battle with you. So like mm. give them grace. That's always been my default setting. I think what has caused me to for that to become a crutch for me and not enforce certain boundaries is that I use it to justify everything somebody does. When it's only really supposed to be utilized in situations where people can, where where it can be reciprocal and where I can see that they're genuinely giving effort or trying or being intentional. Yeah. What I've, I'm just now learning that though. Because my default setting has always been, Artrice, give them grace. You don't know what they're going home to. And I still try to operate in that, but I have to operate it, operate in it still with my boundaries that protect me because... I had a friend tell me once, she was like, you just, everybody does not deserve access to you in this way. Like you are somebody that gives without thinking twice. Everybody doesn't deserve access to that. And I was like, but you don't know what they went through. And she's like, that right there is what's going to get you crazy. (laughs) Is what's going to get you caught. (laughs) Like, exactly. so I'm, I'm learning how to enforce those boundaries so that I can be, I can still offer grace and operate in grace for people, but also understand like just because I'm operating in grace doesn't mean you get to walk all over me. Doesn't mean you get to take advantage of me. Doesn't mean you get to have access to me freely, however and whenever you want. That's not what that means. Yeah. I'm with you when you're right. Like you said, not everybody will get in a fight with you. Mm-hmm. Or everybody can't fight that battle. Um, I remember... One time I was talking to one of my friends and she told me, she was like, my Shay, people, it was like after we watched Creed 3 and we were talking about like friendships and stuff like that and relationships. And she was like, you have some friends that'll get in the ring with you. Mm -hmm. And then you have some friends that are on the front row cheer you on. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Ooh, that is a word. That is a word. Yeah, both still there. But some people Jesus. can fight with you, but yeah. some people can only cheer you on. But both are present. Yeah, absolutely. And when 100%. she said that, I was like, okay, you ate that. But no, you nope. ate me. Ate, like, ate, ate down. Me <laughs> just, that you read me for filth. Yeah. Because truly, and once you get, like once I, like, once I really grabbed mm. that and took mm-hmm. hold to it, like both are present. Oof. One can, yeah. One is, you know what I'm saying. So it's like, Jesus, huh, God. <laughs> that thing. Like when you said yeah. the ring, I was like, yeah, yeah. But once we, once we love people, yeah, for that, yeah. You know, it won't really affect us as bad. What, like, I know you're talking about giving grace and things like that, but what are you still trying to prove? to yourself like what is Artrice today trying to prove to herself so we finna cry that what we that's what we, we that's what cry. that's what we that's what we unlocked yeah. today yeah. mm-hmm. ah, um <laughs> you don't have to combat my tears with comedy um <laughs> Sick. It's, sick. it's sick. No, y'all. Like I, I'm telling you, I, I'm gonna answer your question. I promise. But I promise you, the way people are like, when I tell them like I'm grieving, right, or whatever, like the, it comes up in conversation, they're like, I never would have known, because I'm like, yeah, I would combat it with comedy. Like I have, when I am grieving, I feel like that is when I am the funniest, and it's because I have dark comedy. <laughs> That's when I worry the most. because i have really dark comedy so if you don't really know me and i tell you that i'm grieving you're like oh 
but she's okay. Like you would think that I'm okay, which is also something that I'm working on is like, you don't have to, every moment doesn't have to be a funny moment. Like you can literally just be in a ball and cry if you need to. But, um, I combat everything with comedy so that I don't have to feel certain emotions. It's okay. Y'all I'm still in therapy. Anyway, mm. your question, <laughs> your, <laughs> your question was, um, what, <laughs> what are you tr- <laughs> once again because i'm trying funny. to i'm trying to combat um, these tears that i feel coming the question is what are what is our trees trying to prove to herself today i am trying to prove to myself a couple of things that i am worthy of the love that i give out and not not romantically not from a partner but in to what you said earlier when we care about our friends and family yeah not even just care about our friends our friends become family for us like that is that there's no like when people are like there's a thin line you know or blood is thicker than water like there's if i care about you as a friend like you are in my circle i will I will fly wherever you need me to be. I will drop everything I'm doing to support. So I think what I am trying to, you said prove to myself. Yeah. I'm trying to prove to myself that somebody is willing to do that for me. Um, And like, I know that I have you, I know that I have my parents, but outside of that, it's really, really hard because I truly give myself to to those that I love and value and cherish and trying to prove to myself that I deserve to have that back and that I can get that back and that I will get that back from somebody else. I will have the the friends around me that can really support me in that way and that can really um, be there for me in that way. And not to say that I don't have it in certain people. Like, I, I genuinely believe as long as you have one or two people, you are blessed beyond measure because a lot of people don't even have that. But I think because I am, I'm experiencing a lot of changes. I This is a season where God really kind of has me stretching myself and relearning who he is, like, who I know him to be in a real way, like what his character has shown me, but doing that in a space where I don't necessarily have support is really, really difficult at times. Um, So I'm trying to prove to myself that I will, that I'm worthy of the love that I give out so freely. Um, Yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to prove to myself. What, what about, what about you? What are, what are you trying to prove to yourself? I was thinking, I think for me, what I'm trying to prove to myself is, huh, Mm-mm. yeah, see when I'm about to cry, I'm always just like, nah, we're not going to do this. We might as well, because I feel like I feel it yeah, coming I'm not up. Be able to do that. Um, <laughs> that's not on the roster. Be, oh, it's not on the agenda. Be, be honest. Be honest. Well, no, I think that what I'm trying to prove to myself is that I don't have to be at it. Like I don't. I don't have to be there, or I don't. I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this. I'm trying to figure out. The people that I carry, oh my god, okay. You might as well let it out. Okay, you'll never see it. Um, Okay, so here it is. I'm proving to myself that if I'm not here, not like death or anything like that, but if like I'm not with my loved ones, Mm -hmm. that they'll still do well. That they'll be alright. Mm, Marche. Right. Ooh. Like if, because like if I'm, I'm still connected to people even if I'm not in the same place with them. You know, like I have. So I'm constantly proving or trying to prove to myself that if I leave today, my family will be okay. 
my friends will be okay. When I'm not a call, like when I'm not like a drive away, everything will still be okay. And I carry that with me. So every single day, I'm trying to prove to myself that you can succeed with me not here. Yeah. That is literally, and I think you can attest to that, but that is so hard for me. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to prove to myself right now in this moment with God, prayer, and therapy that I can leave. Yeah. And everything will still be good. Yeah. And again, not like in a, on a live type of way or like a, you know, if I can, like, you know, not that yeah. kind of way, but if I leave this city. Mm hmm. My parents will still be happy. They'll still have the church. You know, my brother will be well. Mm -hmm. My nieces and nephews, they'll be fine. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that it is, um, it is definitely, it is, for, for you, I definitely understand that because it is one of those things that is kind of like, your, for you, like, for us both, obviously, family is our anchor. But for you, it's your anchor in a really different way. And I think that I, I understand why that is like something you're trying to prove to yourself and something that you're working through. But I also would stretch you to think or understand like you are, you, you know, we've had this conversation like, you gotta spread your wings like you are so i i think the thing i'm worried about for you of in terms of like you not leaving is that your creativity your everything that god has bottled up inside of you won't get the opportunity to fully express itself with you absolutely yeah. with you staying home and not not that that's like you know trying to downplay or trying to put down home but it's more so in the sense of you are there there's just so much attached to you that I'm more afraid that you don't get the opportunity to live out your purpose and live out your assignment fully in the way that he intended because you're trying to prove to yourself that family would still be taken care of. Um, yeah, like that's that's the thing I'm kind of, which, you know, we've had that conversation multiple times, but because I'm like, you moving tomorrow <laughs> in my head. <laughs> in my head, you were moving tomorrow. In my head, you are, you are about to be right next to me i'm like i'm the family you finna move next to what you what you talking about what you mean so but i'm learning that i don't have to work as hard to be successful because you know me like just the other saturday i had a bunch of things to do come home and what it's doing is like burning me out rather than making me feel extremely like you said creative and I don't want to lose, I don't want to lose my passion, my heart, my purpose. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, same. I think that, um, yeah, for you, for, I mean, I think for both of us, but definitely for you in a really different way, the work stuff, like, because I've, I've shifted work careers, or not even careers, but I've shifted work places. So it hasn't been, my my work has kind of toned down a bit. Um, and I have, I have really, really good boundaries at work. I just don't have great personal boundaries <laughs> with friends. Um, but I have really, really good boundaries at work. Like I'm a hard, I'm a hard stop queen. I have a hard stop today at da 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 time, okay? <laughs> no, yeah, queen's definitely got a hard stop. And I'd be like right in the middle like she'll call me she's like why can't work well <laughs> um i get I just, home why are you doing this well yeah you know so, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a hard stop person but i think that's just something like t 
to our point earlier of having grace with, like that's something we just have to have grace for ourselves with because work is always going to be work, but eventually God willing, we will not be clocking into nobody's job. So we will have time and space Hallelujah. And, Hallelujah. <laughs> and space to, to just work ourselves and, you know, in the production company and everything that we're going to be working with. So like, God willing, we won't be clocking in for very long. <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to ask you, so when, because we've talked about work, we've talked about boundaries. When is, when is the moment if you've already have it? If you've had one before, because for me, I can probably name multiple, but like, when was the moment you recognized that you weren't invincible? Like, oh, I might actually, I might actually fall. I might actually break. I might actually stumble. Um, oh, I want to say the year after the pandemic. Like we went to the second year of the pandemic. That's when I realized because I lost it, like, you know, emotionally. And I was just like, wait, okay. I think that that was it for me because it was just like emotion. And I felt like somebody had stolen all my dreams, everything that I thought I was going to do. I felt robbed. So it kind of made me feel like, okay. Okay, God. Mm. What are we doing, Lord? Because one thing about me, I'm gonna talk to the, like I'm gonna talk to him like, like how I'm talking to you. Yeah. But for me, I think it was in that moment. That's when I really like felt like okay. So I'm not, I'm not superwoman. I'm not invisible. Like I, um, I'm definitely here. My feelings, my emotions, my mental. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, the second, the second year of the pandemic. For me is when I felt that way. But I've had multiple times. But the one that really gutted me. That got really gritty for me. <laughs> was the second year of the pandemic. For yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. I think for me. It was definitely the pandemic. But it was the first year. Because. Of how many people we lost. Like. This grieving thing is no joke. Like, I'm currently in a grieving process, but now as I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about the grieving process I was in back during the pandemic, and that was real. Um, And so the first, or yeah, I would say the first time, oh no, ooh, I am lying. That's not the first time I felt invincible, or that I, like, that I realized I wasn't invincible. Ooh, are we going to talk about, this is going to be the episode we, ooh, we're going to do it. It's fine. We're going to be honest. The first time I realized I wasn't invincible was like recognizing that my third attempt didn't work. Like recognizing. Oh, we're digging deep. (laughs) That's what I was like. Are we going here? We're digging. Okay. Yeah, let's go. We're here. Um, we're, We're locked arms. We're in alignment. Um, I think that was the first time I realized I wasn't invincible because I, even though that sounds almost like counterintuitive, like you would think that, oh, you were invincible because you survived your third suicide attempt. But no, like I, for me being invincible at that time in my life was like, I would have succeeded and I didn't. So... I remember that third attempt really being like, okay, God, why not? Like, I'm really kind of waking up from that and being like, why wouldn't you just let me go? Like, why wouldn't you just let me go? I did not, I didn't sign up for this. I don't want to do this anymore. I've told you I don't want to do this anymore. That was the first time I realized I wasn't invincible because I had tried to do everything in my power to see the outcome that I wanted at the time. And God was like, nope, Mm -mm. 
I'm not letting you win this one. This this is not the battle you're going to win. And that's where I felt like, dang, I can't I can't beat this. Like you mean to tell me I got to I got to beat in this forever. I can't beat this. Like right. That was that was really the the first time I feel like I recognized I wasn't invincible. And then I think the second time was the first year of the pandemic with losing so many people, friends, family members from COVID, from this thing called COVID at the time that we had no idea what it was and going to so many funerals. I, my heart could not take it. Like I just, I could not, I could not fathom that I had lost that many people in such a short span of time. And it was like, okay, well, we the world's just going to keep spinning. That was the first time I feel like I kind of thought about, like, I, I vividly remember being like, and the world's still spinning right now? Like, how is the world still spinning? And I'm my heart is in pieces. Like, I was, I was so tired. I was so tired at that point, both times. Like... Yeah. What? Um, when did you realize that, like, you were made for this? Like, like your purpose? Because, I mean, I feel like me and you, we have so many things in yeah. life that we have to do. But, like, when did you feel like... Um, yeah, I'm made for this. Like, yes, I'm tired, mm-hmm. but like, this is what I'm made for. Yeah. Like I, I over, like I overcame the suicide. God saw fit. You know, when you came out of that reality of mm-hmm. like God may not doing what you want. Like you know, you woke up. Right. When did you realize like I'm gonna continue waking up because I'm made for this? Like that I have a purpose here. When was that for you? I'm going to be honest, I think it took me a minute to even just identify that I could have a purpose. Because when you come from not one, not two, but three suicide attempts, you, at that point, like, after my third one, I kind of just had like a radical acceptance. Like, clearly I can't do this on my own. Like, clearly me trying to take me out does not work on its own. So I'm just going to let God figure it out. Like, you want me here? You can figure this thing called life out. I, I'm not doing nothing. I really think it wasn't until I was getting ready to go to college and the bubble that I had been in from just growing up in a small town, I, it finally burst. Like, cause I finally recognized, oh, there's a life outside of this that I've known, like outside of the pain that I've become so accustomed to outside of the heartbreak, heartache that I have felt as a child. There's something outside of this that I can actually explore and learn from and grow from. Okay. That was the first kind of like, okay, maybe sure let's try it out and then it was it was probably my probably my first year in college maybe my second year where i really started getting involved with giving back in the community that we were in i went to school in miami so giving back to the black community in miami volunteering literally every single saturday um I think was the first time that I was like, okay, God, I can serve again. Like you see me worthy enough to serve again. So I think that was the first time that I was really like, maybe there's a purpose in this. And then I recognized that everywhere I've been, every single place in my life that I've been, I have created community one way or another. And that was the first time God was like, I'm, I'm breeding you for this. Like, I created you for this. I created you to create community. I literally created you to create communities so that they have support systems because you said you didn't have one. So now you have the ability to create one. 
you said you didn't, you said you couldn't recognize it in other people. Now you can recognize, you yourself can pull those people together and create the community so that people don't have to experience what you did. This is what I'm creating you for. So I would say probably college was the first time I recognized that. And I was kind of like, I was still kind of hesitant, if I'm being honest. I was still kind of hesitant to, or resistant rather, to like, but you didn't truly choose me to like lead creating communities. Like there has to be somebody else. Like I can help, but not leading the charge. Leading the charge? No, 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 no. He said lead, queen. He said lead. Um, when you said, I'm trying to think, you said it was your third attempt and you didn't realize it. So now God is calling you to lead communities. I think the most beautiful thing about Christ, the like, it's honestly my favorite thing is how he can put something beautiful in the midst of trauma, right? So you're building communities for people to have those resources that you didn't once have. And this is like, you didn't do it just one time or try to do it one time. You tried to do it several times and God kept you to create these communities. I don't know. It's just like when God puts a blessing in the middle of trauma and like how you lost all those people. Cause I was, I was standing there with you, Troy, you know, when you, <laughs> when no, really? you were at a family reunion, like every other weekend. Yeah. But then like you burst out that thing that you do on Instagram on Sundays. Oh my goodness. Yes. Right. Sunday substance. You, yeah. Sunday yeah, substance. yeah. You were literally being dragged through the ringer. Listen, when I, when I say that period of the Sunday substance came, like, if you remember that period of Sunday substance was that summer, the first summer of the pandemic that came right before all of the deaths happened. And I, what, what's crazy about it is I kind of feel like that was my first sort of rebirth in getting closer to God and just having my own relationship outside of religion, outside of denomination, having an actual relationship. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. <laughs> that was the first time that that was happening. And I remember being in that space and almost being like, God, like you, why do you just want me right now? Like, why do you just... Why do you just want to talk to me right now? And I realized it was because he was preparing me like, because I'm about to take you through some things and I need you to know who I've always been. I need you to remind yourself of who I've always been. I need you to, to know my character, to know that like, I need you to know my word because when I take you through this, you might not necessarily have time to learn my word. So I need you to know my voice and recognize my voice because when I take Preach. you to a space, listen, when I take yeah. you to a space where everything is going crazy, I need you to hear me like quickly when I say something to you. When I'm speaking to my child, I need you to recognize my voice. And that's what Sunday Substance was. Like when I really, really think about it, because there's no way, there's no way, Marche, I would have been able to do and experience from August 2020 through the end of that year without having known God's voice. There's just, there, there's literally no way. Because I would have, I, I wouldn't be able, I wouldn't even know what it would sound like. I wouldn't even know where to start. I, I literally, he could have been talking and I've been like, what? Like I would have confused it for something else or somebody else. Like, yeah. That's that's crazy. That's crazy. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Local crazy is the same. That is crazy. You were literally <laughs> pushing through. And it's so funny how you said God wanted me to know his word because when I was go like when I started going through it, I won't be able to go back and learn his word. Yeah. I, I wouldn't that I wouldn't I wouldn't have I wouldn't have had time I wouldn't I wouldn't it wouldn't have even been on my mind because when you are grieving I think it was 
it was 14 funerals in the span of four months that we went to. Yeah, 14 in four months. And you you don't have time to to think about each loss. Like you don't even have time to really grieve one before there's another. Like it's just, it's a constant state of your heart breaking over and over and not even, actually no, not even breaking over and over of literally just being already broken. And then somebody cupping, coming in and stepping on top of the pieces that are already scattered on the floor. So when you feel that constant aching, you don't have time to like seek God. At least I, I, I didn't. There might be people that are stronger than me that have that had a stronger faith than I did at that time. But I wasn't I wasn't in a space to like really seek God like that. I wouldn't have thought about it. I'd have been like, I am I'm crying, sir. What do you mean? What do you mean open up your book and talk to you? So I had to I had to go based off of the word that I had memorized, the word that had carried me, the word that I had just learned literally months before. Like when you that when you said that I had to go to go to the word because it carried you. Now, when you lost a loved one, I don't know if you want to say it, but mm-hmm. I, I like I think about this all the time. There's two people that I think about when like something dramatic or like. I mean, traumatic happens to them. We have this one lady that went to our church. She lost both of her kids to gun mm-hmm. violence. Her last son passed away. The whole entire service, she was worshiping God. Thank you, Jesus, for keeping me. Thank you, Jesus. For, like, I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then I just thought about you. You've been through so much grief, and you've had a tri- like tremendous loss. And you're not most recent, but previously before, mm-hmm. when your grandmother passed away, you went over your friend's house, you went to her home, and you went into his presence. Yeah. Do you remember that? Like, I remember you, like, touching the dog. Don't cry. I see you looking up at the sky. Please don't cry. <laughs> Please don't cry. <laughs> but I'm just no, saying, go ahead. Go you ahead. Look, yeah. you, you went to her house, and you told her, you was like, hey, I'm about to play this gospel music. Like, I need to worship. Because I'm like, I don't have anything to give. All I can give is me. This is from the girl who tried to unalive herself three times. And when loss hit me, I'm, th- I'm just talking to everybody, but when loss hit you, you went to him. Even so, like, to the extreme of going to someone else's house just to have some, like, you know, a human presence with you. You went to him. I don't even know if this episode should be called, like, Sister Tired. This might just be the episode that is just like, but God. (laughs) Because, truly, I'm in all. I am... And all, like, I'm listening to you, like, I know we're talking about these questions, but people, it's like, you're listening to this, anybody who's listening to this, when loss hits you, and you can still go to God, not saying that you're not crying, not saying that you're not human, but you go to God, and you don't just put on music, but you demand his presence to not just be there, but in you. I teach you. Three times. And in 2023, when something tragic hits you, you went to God. People don't do that. People don't do that. Flesh is a mess for sure. And I know that grief is hard and it's hard for us to go to God. It's It's easier said than done. But when I watched you, you put the phone down, like on the wall. And you played music and you were just calling on the name of like, on the name of Jesus. And I was just like, wow. When, like when you garden, you know how the ground is just like flat, but you have to dig a hole in it. 
right? You have to like, I, I don't ever got it, but I've seen people like dig holes in the ground. They put the soil there, right? And then they put the seed on, the, like they put the seed there, and then they put the dirt over the seed, and then the flower comes out. I think that sometimes we look at life as just the dirt and not the seed in the dirt. Your dirt was suicide. Your seed was community. Mm. Now you're out of the dirt. And you're making sure no. that the people that you touched. Can see the light. Because the, you know the sun don't see the light when it's growing until it comes up out of that dirt. That's when they see. I'm just. I'm trying to help myself as I'm helping you. Because baby. You, you know what's crazy though. Um. Me and AJ were talking um, during my fast and um, she, we, we had like a random Bible study and I don't even remember what we were out of, like what the scripture was out of, but we were talking and I said something that she like lives by now, but um, I said, you're breaking through the soil. Everything that I had been through up until that point was preparing me to break through the soil, was preparing me to finally sprout, was preparing me to, because the suicide attempts were me taking root. The grief was, yeah. the grief was me being was once you, you know, you have that seed planted in that soil and now it's taking root. The, the, the grief part of what I've been through was me being watered. And before, before that seed really kind of breaks through the soil, like it still grows a little bit upward. And I think I'm in a space now where I'm breaking through the soil and that sounds so like good, right? Like, oh my gosh, yes, we finally get to see the light of day. But when you recognize how gritty, truly breaking through the soil is. Almost, yeah, yeah. The, you're still coming through dirt. You're still having to push upward. Like the, the plant is still trying to navigate through leaves and twigs and whatever in the dirt to see the sunlight it's still a very gruesome process because you are forced to grow like literally you are forced to grow and you're forced to grow upward and i think that god has me in a space where it is uncomfortable to have to set yeah. boundaries. It is uncomfortable to have to have conversations with people. It is uncomfortable to have to lose friendships. It is uncomfortable. It yeah. is so uncomfortable for me right now. But the only way for me to break through the soil is by me growing. I am, I am in a space where I am forced to grow right now. Yeah. And as uncomfortable, as heartbroken as I am at times, as much as I'm like, God, I really cannot go back to that space. And like, if you take me back to that space, I don't know if I'll be able to make it out again. Like right. he's forcing me to grow. Everything has already taken root. I've, I've been rooted in his, in his word. Now I've been rooted in his presence. I've been rooted in who he is. And now I have to break through the soil. And that is still, it's not just glory. You get to break through the soil. No, it's still right. dirty. It still requires effort. It still requires tough conversations. It still requires unlearning. All of the stuff we've talked about, like breaking through the soil is not fun all of the time. Very rarely is it fun because you have to come through dirt. You have to, you have to find your way out and find your way upward. And that is not easy to do. And then too, like, it's not easy to do, and then you you catch yourself crying like now. A day which I see like on TikTok all the time, like I'm on my healing journey. I'm on my healing journey, and it's like looks beautiful, you know, just like pad commercials. Nobody's ever cramping. They're like playing tennis, and it all right that gets on my nerves. Water. That really but gets that jams that really, my block. <laughs> 
I hate that. But yeah. it's just like the water. You know how you said you have to water the plant to make sure that it grows. Like even in Florida, like people like praying for rain, like farmers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. They're praying for rain. They're praying for like, you know, a rainstorm. Like I saw in the news the other day, this guy was like, I need it to rain because two hot grass is dying. Mm-hmm. What? And then God is just like, to you or to me, when hard seasons come, those tears. Ooh. Like, your tears is what's going to take you out of the soil. Yeah. It's going to take that seed out of the soil. Yeah. Holy tears. Yeah. Yeah. A I mean, every, God. every, every single tear that I've cried. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say this. Every single tear that I've cried since. 2012 that was my last attempt has been the tears to water what is brewing and it has when you look at it overall it's been a beautiful journey yeah but in moments like this this is the part of the healing journey that's not fun that people don't to your point don't talk about people don't advertise this people don't advertise I know I recognize where I've come from, but I also recognize my heart is broken right now because I'm grieving family members that I will never get to talk to again, that I have to grieve lost friendships that I thought would last me 30 years. Things that you never, you know, the analogy that I'm always using of like, you're born into this world, you know, with parents, with siblings, what have you. I've never had to, I don't know a life outside of certain family members because I was born into this world with them. Correct. And that's what I'm having to quickly understand because life and death happen so fast and you don't have time to, and I don't regret anything, any of the time that I've spent with people. Like I can genuinely say I... I spent time with my family members. I spent time with my grandmother. Like I, I'm very, very blessed in that regard. But the reality of like, but now I don't get more time. And now they don't get to see me eventually get married one day or have kids one day. And those are the things that I am trying to reconcile with that my brain is trying to catch up with because I've never had to live in a world where they didn't exist. And that's the part of the healing journey that people don't talk about is that even in grieving that I recognize I'm not the same person in 2012 grieving that person now. Like I'm a completely different person. So there are things that I have to be aware of, of like things that could trigger me and spaces that I can't always be in um but it is it is very it is very very difficult to to become an adult (laughs) um but it's also just very very difficult to try to learn how how this thing called life works out and where you kind of fit in the puzzle piece of the bigger scheme of things because contrary to popular belief it's not all about you babes <laughs> okay it's not, not. About you, stink. it's not about you stink so where do you fit in the greater picture and how are you helping the greater picture and how are we pushing that forward like but still doing it with healthy boundaries and still doing it with with the things that we've learned and unlearned um whew. yeah that was I was not expecting to cry but I, I mean make you cry it's it's all right it's all right I I would rather do it in a space where I feel safe than do yeah. it where I don't at the end of our podcast um every time we're gonna do this thing I don't know if you got this to the first one but me and our trees we are insane and we love the color we don't really love the color girls but the monologues and everything in there we love that we always stupidly quoting something yeah. for, from for colored girls which if y'all watch y'all probably won't laugh we got a dark sense and of we, humor i was gonna say and, we have to i feel like we always have to give a trigger warning 
if you watch for colored girls and you have not or you have not seen for colored girls go into yeah. it with a reverence with a respect because it is a very triggering piece extremely with that being said Marche and i have seen it so many times that we have now made it into a comedy it's not a comedy at all though yeah. but and i'm not just us i feel like the black culture has low-key made yeah. it a comedy so we've had some help <laughs> like we do every time but yes but we like to end our podcast with two of the two kind of revamped and revised parts of the different monologues that are in the in for colored girls so the podcast is called grace and grit so Marche, on this episode of grace and grit what is your grace to blank for to have thrown back in your face um my grace is to mm, my grace is too intentional Mm. to be thrown back in my face that's good that's good um my grace is to mm, that's really good my grace is too loving to have throw back in my face did I say that? Did I say that the first time? I felt like you did. Okay, I'm gonna choose another one. I'm gonna choose another one. My grace is too. Mm, I got one. My grace is too God fearing to have thrown back in my face. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's good. That's yeah, yeah. That one was yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's that. Um, yeah. and then we also like to end our podcast with another part from For Colored Girls or inspired from For Colored Girls. But what do you have a real dead love in here for, Marche? Oh my god. I got a <laughs> I got a real dead love in here for my place of employment at this time. Whew. Jesus. Hopefully that has changed by that, the time this episode comes out. Lord God, please. Um, no, let me not say that. Um, I have a real, what do I have a real dead love in here for? I have a real dead love in here for not putting myself first. Mm, you low-key stole mine. Um, but it's it's similar to yours of I have a real dead love in here for not setting my boundaries. Yeah. So I, I gotta do that and enforce them too. I've had so many yeah. people over the last couple of weeks tell me like enforce enforce your boundaries, boo. But we thank y'all. We love y'all for coming on this journey with us in this Grace and Grit podcast. Um, we are still learning this thing called life out every single day. We do not have all of the answers. All we can do is share our experiences and hope that you have grace for us in that. Um, but thank you so much for joining us for another episode. I am your co-host, Artrice Lene. And I am Marche. And we will catch y'all next week. Bye. We'll see you next. Well, we won't see you, but you'll be with us next week. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>